a lot of them. Ice on me, I'm popping. Try and get like me. Alrighty, we are live. We've uh, we've got an amazing episode today, guys. Uh, stick with your dreams. Episode thirty-eight. Uh, we're with Nicholas. Is it Reichenbach or Reichenbach? You know what? Both of those are the correct Swiss German way. So, oh, yeah. nailed it. The yeah. founder and CEO of Flow Alkaline Water. Um, you know, one of my favorite entrepreneurs in the space. I've got some Flow here. Uh, organic flavored peach and blueberry. It tastes fantastic. Um, and so pumped to have you on to share your story. So thank you again for for making some time during busy season. Equal, equally. Love your products. Love the podcast. Let's rock and roll. Let's rock this. I love it. So, you know, Nick, uh, you, you've got an awesome track record of entrepreneurialism across everything from gaming to entertainment, nightlife, technology, food and beverage. Uh, you know, I really love these stories. It's very obvious that you're somebody that's a creator, that's passionate, uh, really, you know, you manifest your vision. Can you talk a little bit about um, you know, the inception of flow and maybe some of your past experiences that led you into the food and beverage in industry in past startups. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's an awesome start. Um, well, I founded flow five years ago on the back of my family owning a very large artesian spring in Canada. Um, and it releases about a million liters a day of the highest quality still um, alkaline mineral water uh, in North America. So a little serendipity. Uh, I grew up on the spring my own entire life and my father built and sold one of the first bottled water companies in Canada in 1981. He wow. uh, a, a similar water, a high quality mineral water still and sparkling in a 330 mil glass container uh, at the time that Perrier and Avion were the only water companies in Canada selling uh, selling packaged water. Everyone thought he was crazy when he when he did that. Like, no one's gonna buy water. Uh, why would they buy water? And so um, he really broke the grounds. Water, water was in my DNA. Um, so I grew up, I grew up around that uh, in my most influential years, you know, in the 80s. I guess I'm uh, I was born in the 70s, so I was uh, I was uh, in like six to sixteen. <laughs> Love it. We'll leave it at that. Um, and uh, and so I actually grew up with it, and and I always kind of inspired in the back of my head to, to you know to really kind of take my family's artesian spring, which was a separate spring. He never sold that one, um, and um, and 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 do something with it. And so um, when I went to university and studied business in in this town called London, Ontario. Um, where there's uh, some prestige business schools like Western, and uh, so when I went to went to school there, um, I, I I got earlier on, you know, uh, really in depth into throwing concerts. So I threw concerts for the first ten years of my career from 18 to 28, built it up to about 600 concerts a year. A lot of water being drank at concerts, right? What what was it, Evian and Perrier at all of them? A lot, a lot of water, but um, it was the early 90s, 90, 91 all the way through to 2001 was the decade, uh, and we promoted EDM shows. Before they were called EDM, they were just called dance music shows. So, well, Who were some of the big artists? Are we talking Daft Punk or yep. um, Moby? 
Yep. Um, yeah, all all of them, you know, Tiesto, um uh, uh Roger Sanchez, a bunch of, you know, huge DJs now still. So I did that for for many many years and uh, at the time um I went over to Europe. This goes back to the whole flow story, but at the time I went over to Europe and uh, we're at this place called Cream it was a nightclub in Liverpool, and I drank a Red Bull for the first time. I was like, "Oh my God, this is this is amazing!" And uh, so I I contacted the Thai family, the original Red Bull family in Thailand, and we became the distributor for Red Bull in North America for the first seven years that it was in North America before Klaus uh, and the can from Austria was even legal. Uh, so I I, I couple really, of- really quick me on that. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Um, can you can you share a little bit about that experience? Because I love just the initiative, like reaching out with the can and the brand where it is today, or was it even a different can and brand then? It wasn't even in a can. It was in a little glass jar. Wow. Uh, active agent was vitamin B3 niacin. Uh, and basically what was great about that was we broke the whole strategy in North America on, on premise in bars and nightclubs doing Red Bull vodkas, right? Wow. Red Bull can vodkas, Red Bull vodkas. And we just kept on doing that because the can uh, or the CPG version uh, that would be in a gas station, it never existed. And Klaus had it over in Europe. He was using using, uh, taurine was the active agent, but it was restricted in the U.S. and Canada uh, for years and years. The entire uh, decade of the 1990s, you couldn't get the can in North America, they tried a lot. And then finally they got the can in North America. Um, and that's at, after we we had literally written letters to the Thai family to get, to get product over here. And we kept on bringing containers over and containers over and breaking it. But uh, as soon as Klaus came in with the can, I saw the days were numbered. He, he, had, he was he, amazing entrepreneur, amazing product. And it was really capturing the attention and they had a lot of money. Uh, to do it. So I sold, I sold all those businesses, got into tech. But so the basis is uh, at that time uh, we were selling Red Bull. I also wanted to develop uh, private label uh, bottles of water for the, for, for the, for, for clubs and restaurants and all that. So I approached my old man for the first time and basically asked him if I could develop the spring. And uh, he said, uh, over my dead body. That's exactly what he said. Okay, so that didn't go so hot. I was like, that that's not that's not going to work. Um, and then fast forward, I, I uh, after selling my uh, company and not stopping the concert promotions, I moved to England and London, and uh, and I spent six years over in Europe uh, developing tech platforms like ringtones and video games uh, and subscription mobile products. So I, I had about two different startups over the course of uh, um, three, uh, sorry, six years, and we ended up selling both of those. And, and when I was in Sweden for the for the last one, I noticed this company called Voss, and they had this amazing glass bottle. And they weren't they weren't anywhere. Uh, this was two thousand three. I was like, oh my god, that's a really good idea. So when I came back to Canada. In 2005, I approached the old man again. I said, hey, you know what? I think we could do a really beautiful uh, glass container cylinder uh, for an on-premise strategy. And he basically said, look, I'm going to be dead soon. You can do whatever you want with it one after I'm, I've passed. I was like, we're making some progress. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, anyway, so that so that was the second time, and then I went on to be you know successfully building and exiting about uh, six different companies in the tech space, uh, which led me to the inception of Flow when I sold one of my companies and moved out to Silicon Valley to run it for two years in 2012 to 14. And you know, as you do when you live in Silicon Valley and you want an epiphany, you go to Burning Man. No so, so I, I hooked up with some friends of mine actually from the UK and, and some friends from San Francisco. They invited me to their camp. I went out to, to, to Burning Man and by the end of the week, I got inspired to develop Flow, the first kind of eco-friendly uh, package made from plant-based materials. So pack, this is like sugar, uh, sorry, this is sugar cane. Uh, this is uh, paperboard. So we really uh, do renewable resource plant-based packaging uh, in an aseptic shelf stable um, place. And I approached Tetra Pak right after I got inspired to create flow, take my family's artesian mineral water, put it into an eco-friendly pack. And I chose the Tetra Prisma. Uh, and so I cold called the CEO of Tetra Pak, a $14 billion privately held Swedish company. And uh, she and I formed a really close relationship. She was the CEO of North America, Carmen. And we basically bet on each other to be the stocking horse into the premium enhanced water category with the Tetra Prisma that got famous for breaking coconut water. And then they became our largest financial partner and and, and helped us scale and grow the brand Flow uh, to where it is today. So that was the inception of Flow. And um, we've had a really incredible ride and uh, it's nothing short of magical. You know, Nicholas, there's something that I often see when I talk to really successful, uh, you know, folks like yourself is just that persistence. Not everybody's going to go make that first call to the Thai family from Red Bull and, you know, just nonstop breakthrough. Same thing with this uh, experience here with, with Tetra Pak. Um, yeah. I've loved Voss. That's been an inspiration from a brand perspective and form factor. I've got a million questions, but diving into on top of that, I did when I quit my job, I used to be an iBanker. I went first thing I did, I, I went to Burning Man with my best friends <laughs> right, before, right before launching Dream Pops. Nice. So it was awesome. It was, uh, you know, full clean slate. I'm quitting, you know, hung up my suit and tie. I quit. I'm going to go launch this ice cream band with our team. We're going to go do this. But uh, stopped in Burning Man and, and had, you know, that epiphany as well. Like, you know what? This one life, time time to make it happen. There's got to um, be a way. So I really resonate with the story. Um, you know, I guess a, a question for you. You have so much experience across disciplines, industries. Uh, has food and beverage been the one that you have the most affinity for? Do you love technology? Is there that infused into what you're building at Flow? How would you describe kind of your entrepreneurial, like, uh, you know, excitement and why you've kind of ended back up in food and beverage? Yeah. So uh, I'm very passionate about mineral water. Okay. So I've been drinking it my entire life. When I left the spring uh, um, and uh, went off, I've, I've been an Avion drinker and I didn't know why I was an Avion drinker, but uh, later I found out when we tested the water that we're a higher uh, density of minerals than Avion. Uh, but it's actually relatively, it's similar, but we're, we've got alkalinity and a higher density and a higher quality in my mind and a better taste profile. Of course, I'd say that. Uh, so, you know, at the for, first and foremost, I'm a conservationist, you know, and, uh, and I love mineral water. Um, and uh, that's really driven the passion uh, for this product. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, I think passion drives everything. 
uh, persistence, tenacity, uh, passion. These are the things that you need to break through, take and disrupt, you know, massive multinational companies and multi-billion dollar sectors. You absolutely need the advantage of uh, the human spirit uh, for sure. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I think pa passion is definitely uh, critical for, you know, building, building out the companies and um what was the question specifically? The question was, yeah, no, it was kind of a, a, not a very direct question. You're answering all of it. Um, you know, with regards to the functional minerals, uh, you know, I know that you've got, you guys have like calcium, magnesium, potassium, zinc. Um, you said a higher alkalinity, if I'm not mistaken, um, than Evian, you know, a really a green initiative. I think the question was, um, you know, why, why do you think that you've kind of, at this point in your career, you've, you built so many yeah. businesses. What's leading you? Is it more mission-led, uh, you know, really conservationist, uh, really, I mean, what's exciting about food and beverage is you touch millions, if not billions of people. So is that kind of what's led you here, you think? Yeah. So uh, most of my companies have been, uh, you know, very uh, disruptive in nature against uh, anything. So, you know, my, I didn't do, uh, the first time I did video games, I put them on a mobile phone, which no, no one had ever done before. I put music files on a phone too. No one had ever done that before. Uh, but I was actually I was actually looking for uh, what, what's my legacy like on the planet. And my father too. I I wrote my family a letter. I said, what what's our legacy? Like, what are we gonna be known for? And I, I really want to be known for someone that has had a positive rippling effect on the planet. Uh, and that can mean from like you know the way that you know. We touch people and emotionally, but 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 also physically in the sense of like their health and their happiness. Um, and hydration was a great platform for us to be able to have a rippling effect. That plus the fact that um, we need to do things as a society in a better way. Everyone knows that. Like, okay, so out with the old and in with the new. Okay, so what's the new? This is the legacy that I wanted to have, taking my family spring. Uh, and putting it into an eco-friendly pack. But what was interesting about it is when I launched the company, I did everything I did what I would have done with a disruptive tech company. I built an e-com platform. Which I spent $250,000 uh, the first year of the business doing a Shopify e-com platform. And I rolled out a fleet of electric vehicles in Toronto, Canada, doing direct-to-consumer water subscriptions. Who does that? Right, it's kind of this like, is early too. This is before people were even thinking about it. We're, you know, what what year was this? 2015. Yeah, no, that was. And, yeah. and people were like, "What are you? What are you doing?" But what happened was, we we ended up basically building out an on premise strategy that we got our product out to all the cool places, green juice places. Uh, 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 Pilates Studio, Equinox was buying it. Uh, and so we actually built our our community around that and really popped the brand as a wellness brand uh, against the natural alkaline minerals and the eco-friendly pack. And we focused it all around one consumer, you know? And so when we looked at all the success, it's kind of like a net sum of all my experiences coming together in one company. What did we do? We The second thing we did is we threw over a thousand events in yep. one year by sponsoring and producing these little mini events all over Canada, uh, whether it's demoing uh, stations at retail locations or whether it was sponsoring concerts uh, with the water or whether it was sponsoring fashion shows. We literally had a whole event team roll it across that. So then we had all these little 
cool places selling it, all these events drinking it. Then we broke the brand in national grocery with Whole Foods being our, our national partner. Did you build it out locally in Canada first or yeah. did you go uh, US or both or how did that work? Yeah, so we, we broke the brand nationally in Canada in grocery. Then we did this you know on-premise strategy focused around the wellness consumer. Uh, and then we broke the brand nationally across food, drug, and mass in Canada in 2016. Then we're ready for the, I can say this, the big time, right? Yep. Let's go down to the largest market in the world, our neighbors, our best friends, the United States of America, uh, and let's bring this brand down because we knew one thing. The consumer in Canada is exactly the same. Our wellness woman is identical to your wellness woman. We're one community, North America. Let's bring this down. And with the help of John Cochran, our first company president, the ex-president of Fiji Water. He built, yeah, so he was one of our first investors. He taught us all about how to compete in the premium enhanced water space. So he came down as the company's president. We founded our first office in, uh, in LA, and then we basically built out the same platform, seeding out LA, New York with our on-premise strategy, layered on national distribution with natural grocery in the first year, 2018. Company hit hockey stick. We launched our organic uh, flavored, organic certified flavored mineral water, the only company in the world to do that. Um, and then we hit hockey stick growth. And then 2019, we uh, with the help of some of our celebrity investors, uh, we've got about 35 of them now. So By the way, one, of, one of the most notable, I mean, uh, I, I used to work for uh, Jesse Itzler and we did the Zico coconut water deal. Mm -hmm. And I was watching kind of how they were early movers with celebrity endorsed brands. But your guys is, I mean, shout out to Arthur. Uh, you know, what, just what you guys were able to put out, put out, it was really impressive that, that deal that you guys closed in 2019 Thank uh, you. and then the press surrounding that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that really helped catapult the brand into food, drug and mass. And that's where we are today. You know, we're, we're clamping up there. Our, our mission, our, our North star is to be the number one domestically sourced and environmentally packaged mineral water, enhanced mineral water uh, in North America. And if we do that, Sky's the limit. Question for you, selfishly, we were as a U.S. brand, we're actually launching pretty aggressively into Canada this year. Any tips or pointers? I, I agree that we have a very similar customer. I'm excited. We're going into almost a thousand doors in the next uh, nine months. Yes, so I get what, your product you here. Pay? I love it. <laughs> Pops and bites. We uh, we oh, did man, all the translation. Um, you know, shout out to you know Loblaws and, and Whole Foods and some amazing partners, but. Nervous. I, I do you know the midday squares guys, by the way, uh, those yeah. guys are doing something really interesting by building locally in Canada. And now they're coming to the U S same strategy as you, but I, I feel like we're about to see way more cross border growth and just North America expansion, if not global, would you yeah. agree with that, that sentiment? Yeah, we're, we're, we're one community now. We're starting to merge. The products are coming up here. We're going down there. Uh, you know what the wellness consumer is the same consumer it, it it broadens cultural differences all of that stuff so it's a great platform and an easy way to help you guys uh, is uh, let's do a little contest with your uh, as soon as you get the distribution in Canada we'll do a, we'll do a mail out boom let's kick it off let's do, I'm, I'm, I'm love your product let's do this 
I, I love it. I love it. So uh, want to be cognizant of your time. Uh, you know, Nicholas, what advice would you have for other for folks looking to enter the food and beverage industry? One of the most competitive capital intensive. I mean, it's taken years off my life. I still love it, though. I'm so passionate. You're really uh, such a great uh, poster child and case study for I mean, you've done it multiple times. I love the, the story you shared about Red Bull and that distribution, getting your feet wet. What advice would you have for people that want to go build their own beverage brand? Well, a couple of things. I think, as you know, we're taking the company public uh, in May. Uh, it's a very capital intensive business. <laughs> it's so funny. Like when uh, my wife who's the other founder and, uh, and I have another founder I went to high school with, Mike, uh, when we started the company, and I'm a little more sophisticated on the fundraising side of things, I told him, I said, get ready. I think we're going to have to raise $20 million for this company. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, so, so, you know, definitely it's about having a vision. Uh, it's about being tenacious and a little bit ignorant uh, to be able to really force yourself into this market, which is highly competitive, but if you got to believe in your product market fit, uh, which is your consumer uh, as well as the product, uh, and then you then you got to army up. You got there's no way of saying it. You got to army up because you're dealing with people that have hundreds of millions of dollars and they are ferocious. Uh, and so you just got to you got to do the same thing, and that's why we're taking the company public on the TSX um, this spring uh, to really build the next generation. Uh, of flow inside the U.S. and we've got a beautiful Virginia spring now. So we don't we don't actually ship from Canada. We actually all of our products are domestically sourced in the Shenandoah Valley, awesome. uh, Blue Ridge Mountain. We got a facility there, so we're going to invest heavily in the U.S. market, build out our national you know distribution strategy as well as our national advertising strategy. You'll see this summer we're going to have an amazing celebrity-led uh, marketing campaign. Uh, but yeah, the advice to everybody is, you know, never, 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 never give up um, and army up, yeah. just, just army up. I, I love that. And and I agree. I mean, the, this space requires capital, but, you know, just tenacity and you will not like I, it's just no doesn't mean anything to me. Um, I, I refuse to give up. And you've obviously done so uh, so many times. It's really impressive to do it across category. Not Not going to lie, just the amount of. Uh, wins that you've had. It's it's really cool. Um, so appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, you know, what what other are you guys looking at other product extensions? Uh, you probably you guys just launched some some other functional waters. Can you share how you've thought about product extension and evolving the landscape of the brand? Yeah. So basically, um, as you'll see here, uh, we, we so we have 17 and a half million customers, 15 and a half in the US and two in Canada. Um, and we do customer insight on them every six months. And that's the D2C subscribers or customers online? Uh, or everything. everything. Okay. Customers cool. online, uh, which is about 25% of that. Cool. Uh, and then and then 75% in grocery stores. But we keep track of them uh, and we do customer insight against them. And they number one thing they said is that they wanted functional uh, organic ingredients infused in uh, the product to hit their need states. One is beauty and 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 health. So we actually ended up acquiring a a, a brand called Booms that made a beautiful collagen infused product, ten grams of bovine grass fed collagen. So we did that. We launched it last year. Now we just launched three new flavors. So we have six of those products. Fun, beautiful functional uh, enhanced water product. 
And then we just launched, which is not live to, to, to it goes live actually March 8th on our site, which is uh, the first organic infused vitamin water uh, with immune, a clinically proven immune boosting um, uh, formula with your daily dose of vitamin uh, C, uh, B complex and zinc. So when you look at that, you can see the platform of flow is not just a premium enhanced water company. It's a premium infused water company. Uh, we're infusing the water with functional organic ingredients, but still hits nutrition and hydration as a platform. That's it's where really, we're it's a movement, better infused functional waters, less plastic, you know, really it is a movement. It's better for you, better for the planet. There you go. There you go. And I, I love that. And I'm with you in terms of in the past, in the past decades, people were just like, man, you know, we can only build it so much. You can only really scale to a certain cap. What I love, there's this trend right now of companies that are listing, that are looking for alternative ways to build global brands. And I think we're experiencing this transition to globalization and brand is by far the most valuable asset. There's no question to me. I don't know if you guys are already selling in Asia or in Europe, but can forever you can share, you know, you've seen Laird Superfoods went public, yep. Beyond Meat public, Impossible, Oatly, you know, all these massive brands, better for you brands becoming truly public global organizations. Can you share why you think that's happening and maybe why you guys are, are doing the same? Oh yeah, it's very specific. Um, thanks to Beyond Meat, uh, they really set the category of better for you, better for the planet, uh, uh, CPG, food and beverage on fire. And what, what you started to see with Beyond Meat, um, they, they actually ticked the box on ESG very well. ESG, for those that are listening that don't know it, is uh, environmental social governance. So it's basically what we do every day which is just the responsible thing for us and health and for the planet. Um, and so, you know, flow obviously hits on ESG heavy, um, but because, you know, our whole mission is to disband plastic uh, bottles and put it into renewable resource packaging uh, and then ultimately compostable in a closed circle um, and, and uh, a closed loop environment. So what happened with Beyond Meat was uh, people were um, not surprised, but it really set off a whole ESG investment strategy in, led by the U.S. globally uh, to invest in CPG brands that really had higher standards of environmental and social governance, but also had better for you nutrition uh, at the core. So you're hitting on both of these mega trends on sustainability and nutrition, better for you healthy, sustainable nutrition and better for you packaging. Um, and when, when they went public, uh, they got a lot of very large institutional uh, mid to long term hold policies. So these big funds that they're not day trading the stock, what they're doing is they're taking a mid to long term ROI on it. We're talking 10, 15, 20 years uh, on it. And that really set a platform for companies to access the public market, to access institutional mid to long-term hold grade uh, funds that really uh, uh, align themselves much better with our products. I like to say it, you know, our shareholders are our customers and like-minded institutions, right? Because that's who's buying our stock. 
which is people that love our product and that and, and then they have an institution that has a like-minded value system that believes in better for you and better for the planet. So what that's done is it created a great platform for companies like Beyond Meat, Lara Superfoods, Celsius, uh, here in Canada, Guru Energy Drink, now Flow, uh, and multitude of other companies really to take advantage of institutional grade capital with mid to long term holds, which allowed for ultimately the valuation to go above private equity transactions. So private equity transactions, 3.5x to 5.5x max. That that was the starting point to a public revenue multiples, correct? Revenue multiples. That's the starting point because what mid to long term institutions look at is year two and year three. Right. And so they're keeping it for year two, year three. Then you started getting the multiples of what would it look like at year two? Well, that would be 5.5 times two. Right. So that would be a 12x trading multiple. And that's what you're seeing in the market. And it's stable because these institutionals, uh, institutional led funds are gobbling up the stock. They're, they're eating up all the volume, too. But it's getting a nice, nice, stable base uh, around the stock for future companies to go public on. I really think it's a paradigm shift in, in our space specifically. You know, you have vertical plays. You guys are vertical with your own spring. We're vertical with our own factory. Yeah. Beyond vertical, good yeah. catch, impossible foods, Oatly, Califia, vertical, vertical, vertical. Yeah. You could not get, I mean, it was very challenging to get the capital, the buy-in, the community. This is the golden era, I think, of food and beverage, especially when you have institutionals betting on a plant-based future or a green future. So. You know, I, I love it, Nicholas. I think you are build, you are defining, you know, your family's legacy. You're building the future. It's really inspiring. So what a great note to end on. Well, you know what? You could drop your golden mic. <laughs> drop. 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 I love it. I love it. One of my favorite episodes so far, Nicholas. Thank you. Um, bottom line, thank you so much for jumping on, sharing your, your wisdom. And, uh, you know, Anything else you'd like to share about about flow? Where can we find you in the U.S. Uh, West Coast? You name it. Geez, I should have been ready with a promo code. What was I talking about? Here's the promo code. It's flowhydration.com. Okay. Uh, FAM thirty. Fam thirty. Fam thirty. Thirty percent off. So you guys can go on and buy all our products. Uh, do pre-orders on the vitamin water after uh, uh, March 8th. But, you know, our favorite retailers, uh, the Carry Flow Nationwide, Walmart does, Whole Foods, Sprouts, all of our amazing natural grocers and regional grocers in your area, Safeways, um, CVS, you can buy it at retail. But the easiest place is just go online, order it, and guess what? It shows up at your house for free delivery. Awesome. Uh, you know, within a, within a couple of days, there's nothing easier than that. It's amazing. So we'll make sure to post after March 8th so people can get a look at that. Uh, we'll, we'll time it up with the promo code um, and get it out after March 8th. I'm pumped to try that vitamin infused water. That sounds phenomenal. So Nicholas, I know how busy you are. You're the man. Love it. Congratulations. Uh, and thank you again for jumping on. Absolutely. Great to see you.